Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Stephen McCarthy from the McCarthy Project coming back to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we are approximately one week from Christmas, and it is snowing and cold out in Minnesota. And we are going to be talking about beach volleyball, which is uh, a much happier subject for sure. Uh, I should make fun of the uh, weather in Minnesota, but it is fun that seasons change, but it also is very fun to be outside. And I'm just looking at a picture uh, from our summer camps uh, with the lake and uh, behind uh, the court and just out there. I remember just sitting out there in the sun enjoying the afternoon. So anyways, as I digress a little bit, but nonetheless, we're talking today about the subject of the NCAA announcing that uh, next year they're going to have the first uh, beach volleyball championship down in Alabama. And it is a great big step uh, forward, as far as I'm concerned, from Minnesota's perspective anyways, um, as we're starting to kind of gain some momentum uh, in having, you know, players, you know, play the outdoor game, you know, versus just playing the indoor game. And one of the things I'm going to have later on the show is we're going to have one of the original 15 coaches, uh, Damian Elder from Mercer University, Uh, come on and talk about his perspective of, you know, the announcement and how they've uh, developed as a team over the four years that they've actually played uh, uh, the beach only world uh, down in the South that we have, uh, uh, we had taped the interview and it was a great running joke to um, talk about the weather uh, as far as that's concerned, but it's a fantastic interview. I think you'll get a lot out of it to realize that really there are a lot of differences Uh, A lot of the same. Um, And as this announcement comes, uh, in a couple years, the game will change. And at this point, there's a lot of opportunities. And one of the big things that I wanted to kind of get across, you know, at least to the Minnesota athletes that might be listening to this, is there really are a lot of opportunities. And it doesn't need to be um, a really – well, I'll believe that for the the, – the uh, interview he talks about in there what it takes from a young athlete's perspective to actually get recruited and to actually play uh, beach volleyball in college so I'm gonna leave that uh, I'm not gonna steal his thunder related to that but I wanted to kind of give a little bit of 
context um, to the game and and why I feel it's 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 better than uh, and you should play both you know not just one or the other that there really are uh, I believe a lot of holistic uh, advantages to playing outdoor versus playing indoor. Um, not to say that either one's better or worse than the other, but I think there is some advantages to playing uh, essentially all positions and to be able to move and to be able to improvise and have to get over things quicker. We did interview um, Bailey Coleman from UAB a couple weeks ago. Actually, now it's a couple months ago. But she talked about the idea of just getting over a bad shot quicker. Um, you can have a tendency on in the indoor game to maybe hide for a couple points, you know, as you kind of process through that. Uh, but with the beach game, there's only two of you. And if you don't kind of change that direction quickly, uh, four or five points might go by and you'd be in a very difficult spot just because you were still mad about that one shot that you missed. So I think there is a lot of value, you know, in, in playing the game and playing it, you know, at a holistic level. On the other hand, I do see, um, I think Damien makes a great point related to a, a you know, a middle, you know, doing 600 of these versus three of those. And does he really, is he really concerned about doing the three of those? You know what I mean? That type of thing. And I think I would agree with him on that for sure. But, um, and then just looking at the number of schools, you know, I think um, the next couple of years should be very interesting as more of the, um, you know, the larger schools hop on board. Uh, there is going to be a need for specialization, I'm sure. And we talk about that as well in that interview and in that there is going to be uh, a, probably a choice that needs to be made if you're going to play indoor or beach. And so that has its good uh, components and it also has some not so good components as it starts to get, become more of a club scenario versus something that you just do for fun uh, in the summer. And, hey, I uh, wasn't able to make it in the indoor thing, but I can really do this outdoor thing pretty good. So let's go see what we can do. And so I am not going to um, mix any more of my you know, only thoughts because I really think Damien did a tremendous job in the interview just talking about all the different pieces. And I think he has a very unique perspective as well as being one of the original 15 colleges that did provide uh, you know, beach as a sport and has already been after it or doing or coaching for four years, you know, in that capacity and, and what he talks about the future, you know, from a coach's perspective too. So without further ado, I am going to uh, go to break quick and then we'll come back and listen to the interview I did earlier today with Damian Elder from Mercer University. Well, we are back, and this is Stephen McCarthy from the McCarthy Project, and we have been talking about uh, what changes might happen in the world of beach volleyball related to the NCAA uh, adding a national championship. Now, there had been a previous, uh, I guess, national championship through the Coaches Association, and 
so I think that's kind of how emerging sports kind of grow up a little bit. So I've asked uh, Damian Elder from Mercer University, who has competed at the sand, or I guess now the beach volleyball level for a while at the at the collegiate level, to talk a little bit about, you know, what does change with the NCAA recognizing it, and then also for young athletes and and what the possibilities might be in the future. So how you doing, Damian? Good. Thank you for having me on, Stephen. I appreciate it. It is it is a fun time. I tell you, if there was ever a better job than um, I was going to make a dope talking trash about volleyball. You know, what else could you ask for? Well, yeah, some days that's true. Some days I could ask for a lot more, I think. <laughs> that's true. That's probably true. We could be elected. Um, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about all the stuffed shirts and the cubicle guys, but, you know, life doesn't right. work always happen. But um, <laughs> anyways, we're talking about the subject of the NCAA uh, announcing this year that they're going to have a national championship uh, next year in May. Uh down in Alabama, and I just kind of want to get your thoughts on on that piece. But before we go there, I've, I've missed one piece. Is would you kind of give us your background and kind of how you got involved with the world of beach volleyball and volleyball as a whole? Sure. Um, I guess uh, the the before college part isn't really as um, nearly as interesting. But I started my college coaching career um, at Stanford University. I was fortunate enough to have the right, know the right people to get in at the top, essentially. Um, and that was in 2004. And from there, I, I went to the University of South Carolina. And that I guess that was kind of the genesis of at least the, my involvement in coaching what at that time was sand volleyball. The SEC, uh, I believe, was the first conference even to consider uh, just having – essentially just a throw your hat in spring tournament at the end for sand volleyball. And at South Carolina, we decided to go just to do it and, and have a couple weeks worth of practice. And, and I really took to it. And my head coach was, was kind enough to let me do all the training as I had played it for a number of years and uh, not at the professional level, unfortunately, but, um, and then from there it was, uh, I had a, sand camp it might have been one of the first in the country to some success and and we were able to win the sec championship in that moment and um from there i went to college charleston who was one of the original 15 beach programs as well and then uh just fortunate enough to be able to get the head coaching job here at mercer in the moment that beach volleyball was starting so I'm actually one of the original 15 um, <laughs> schools and coaches, which is a good thing and a bad thing. I don't know how many are left now. I, I know at least there's two or three that have made it through the first four years of doing both. You know, back back four years ago, it seems so long ago that I was and still am doing indoor and beach at the same time. So, so yeah. And now I'm I'm here and and uh, on the you know on the verge of having it be an NC2A sport, which is really exciting. And it really is. And it's funny because I didn't even think about it when I contacted you. I was thinking from the athlete perspective, but I'm wondering, you know, as you look at the college game, it would change for you too. Cause I can imagine if you're the indoor coach and if the game takes off that they may have to separate the job more often. I mean, cause it seems like the majority of the uh, coaches, the head coaches do both, you know, because it's a shorter season or I don't exactly know the motives, but would you agree or disagree? 
I I hope that I agree. Uh, you know, at, at some of the smaller schools, um, I suspect that even with the NC2A sponsoring it and making it, I don't know if legitimizing it is the right word, because we, we feel like, at least in our, we've had a conference for four years, so it's been, it's felt legitimate uh, over down here in the southeast for all four years, but to the to the general public and to the world, the NC2A sponsoring it obviously makes some legitimacy out of it. But to to get back to your question, it's just I, I can't imagine that if it if it doesn't it may it doesn't have to explode. It just has to get bigger and bigger by you know longer steps, maybe not leaps and bounds, but by you know by the time that all the conferences have automatic qualifiers in two years, I have to imagine that. All of the Power Five, at least, um, and any of the any of the bigger schools will have to be separate for them to be able to compete for two championships: one for the indoor, one for the beach. Because if you combine, um, there's a little bit of dilution, at least at our level. Maybe not at UCLA or or Stanford's level, things like that. But I, I can't imagine that you're you're not going to have to separate it in a couple years. And it's interesting because I think. Um, it is a, like, in the world as it spans, we talked about this off air, is that we're in Minnesota, you know, and, yeah. and to actually have, I don't even, I can't even imagine, I don't even know the closest, you know, uh, uh, team is still, I, I don't even know, it's probably eight, nine hours away, <laughs> something like this. <laughs> right. You know, it's really right. nothing on the north side of the uh, United States almost. And it just is yeah. uh an interesting position as it goes through and when you had put that two year period in there, I'm sure it's going to have to come out some or somehow come North, you know, because, you know, like with a division one uh, final four going on in Omaha, you know, I consider that the Midwest, you know, that we got to have something yeah. up here for us from that. Absolutely. But, but anyways, to get back to the perspective question, how does like, cause you, you're like, the part of the original 15, we'll call you. Um, yeah is how does the this next step change your perspective and kind of is it just the next step or is it kind of hey this is a big announcement uh, for us and by us I mean I'm going to include the the schools from the Atlantic Sun okay. because it, you know of the original 15 which is nice that you're in Minnesota that's sort of a hockey term too but um <laughs> That's right. To, frozen four, we're gonna call you guys beach right. volleyball. Frozen four. Right. <laughs> so we're, you know, the Atlantic Sun. It just to sort of blow our horn just a little bit was the only conference. We have been the only conference, and and five of the original fifteen schools were here in the Atlantic Sun, including Mercer. And like I said previously, it the legitimizing it is is true. I, I think that. I think the NC2A making it a varsity sport definitely from a perspective is is a big deal but but in in small scale for us who've been playing for 4 years, who've had a conference schedule for 4 years, who've had a conference championship for 4 years, who have had an automatic bid for two of those years to the to the coaches championship um, we've done, you know, we're, our, all of our legwork and all of our sort of structure doesn't really, it's not a gigantic jump into the NC2A for us because we've sort of felt like 
not that we didn't know that the NC2A wasn't sponsoring it. It just, it's just from from us down here, it's it's always felt like we've been doing it in order to get ready to be NC2A eligible. Um, so now it's just it is just the next logical step for us. It's not a gigantic announcement from from the from my coaching perspective <laughs> in the in the Atlantic Sun. Yeah, it's funny because I even think when I was putting together the notes for this you know, interview, you know, I could still I'm 48, so I'm an old guy, yeah. you know, in the whole. But I remember Karts Karai, you know, back, you know, when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's interesting because when I put the notes together, I said, oh, in the last five years, I'm like, no, 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 no. I remember thinking about this, you know, in the nineties, you know, from that standpoint. And it's, yeah, absolutely. it's amazing. It really came in, in, in a relatively short amount of time from that standpoint. But um, yeah, now let's kind of come from another perspective. And I did, we did talk about this, but the, the geographical location is important you know, in this discussion from my perspective, you know what I mean? Not maybe not so much for yours, but right. what would you do if you were in my position? Say you got a head coaching job at the university of Minnesota, let's just say, you know, for beach volleyball, right. you know, how yep. would you develop out or what would you start to tell the young people that, Hey, this is something that's cool and we can, you can have fun with, then you can play college sports. Yeah. It, um, it would Depending on, you know, this is this in part the boom, just like the indoor boom starting 10 years ago or so is driven by the the club um, and people willing to, I mean, part of it is to make a little bit more money. Uh, that's that, that's part of it, that clubs are were willing to jump on with sort of Carrie and Misty um, being popular that clubs yep. started a little bit of sand. And then, and then our coaches association realized that if there was going to be momentum there, then maybe they could carry that into college. And then, and then it started to flip because college did it. Now clubs are doing it. Number one in Minnesota and, and neighboring States, I guess um, <laughs> the the juniors level is going to have to be involved. It, it, Minnesota has got plenty, if not the most, indoor Division One ready players in the country. At least the the juniors region does. Yep. But they, but to compete in if if at the level that University of Minnesota is paying their coach to compete, then you're you're not just going to be able to take indoor players and turn them into beach players at the, in the moment that university of Minnesota will be able to sort of debut their program in two years. So the first thing I would have to do, or anybody's going to have to do up there is just convince club coaches that there's some, that there's going to be opportunity for people to play beach in college. Therefore they should be able to train maybe not specifically all of their or half their indoor players or the short indoor players or whatever, um, but there's going to be some direct correlation to how many beach-only players start to play club up in that area, if if somebody can start it, and then allow them to get recruited to Minnesota or South Dakota State or even Division Two Minnesota Tatanka or whatever is up there, <laughs> and oh, I'm not sure that that was the name, but. Um, <laughs> There is a Minnetonka, so I thought that was quite a good that's guess. It. If that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I separated those two. That um, so it, the, at the club level would be an, I mean, just a 
for the University of Minnesota head coach, they're going to have to spearhead and persuade the clubs up there to make some some beach-only decisions or some sand-only decisions if it's indoor. I mean, I guess you would still call it beach, but uh, <laughs> don't that, get so smart that, with well, me. We still play outside. Hey, I, once listen, <laughs> I we uh, we have courts on our campus, and I struggle to call them beach courts. They're still sand courts. Um, <laughs> So I think it's going to have to start for that region of the country at the juniors level, even though for now you could get eight players to go to University of Minnesota that have only played indoor and probably still come and beat my beach-only team or Louisiana Monroe's beach-only team or maybe only because there's just a physical aspect still in any college sport um, even though we're really good and Louisiana Monroe's really good at beach, there still might be an opportunity for really big schools to get the athlete that can come and do it, but maybe not compete against all the other big schools. Yeah. See, this is a, and let's, let's kind of segue into that particular thing, because when you talk about um, the, what are the gifts of a good uh, beach volleyball player, you know, and is it the same as indoor in your mind? Um, it's positionally sort of the same. I mean, outside hitters typically are translatable to the beach. I mean, there's a there's two-thirds of the things that happen on the beach are what outside hitters do. Um, you know, the third component being setting. I, I guess if you were just if you were just playing side out one, two, three, pass, yep. set, attack, not blocking and digging and all those things. But um if you were just to count those three touches as things that translate almost immediately, then outside hitters have sixty six percent of that down. Setters have thirty three percent of it down. Middles have you know, 15% if you're going to scale down to what they attack inside, even though it's a hit, it's not the same. Um, So there's a positional translation, particularly for outside hitters. Um, But that's not to say that setters aren't good at passing. They just don't get that opportunity often, nor are to say that middles or liberos can't attack a a higher ball or a different ball or bump set or whatever. Um, but there is there is a very very particular skill set. Once you reach the idea or the the threshold of just being able to do it, like a good athlete can just come out and do it, whether they play middle or setter or libero or whatever. They're going to get the ball over the net. Um, it's just the training and the the experience that comes with understanding all of the touches and being able to do it well enough, and then put it into sort of an aggressive um, ability to win on the beach and not just get it over and be fired up about it. That's, that's sort of what separates finally really good beach division one athletes with just division one athletes. Well, the funny thing is that you kind of hinted towards this idea of specialization. You know, I think one of the great things as an advantage of beach volleyball is it allows for players to get outside of that, uh, if lack of a better word, compartmentalization, you know what I mean, where you're yep. this, you're that, that you can literally become a volleyball player, you know, rather than a libero or an outside hitter or whatever the situation might be. Right. Well, and in a perfect world, you know, if we're all trying to be holistic about it, that's true. But yep. 
you know, if I were to stat how many times my middle had to bump set this past season, <laughs> it might have been three. And how many times she had to head to quick would have been 600. And so 600 to three, it doesn't really say much for like, uh, you know, it's we're all say, hey, you know, it's great to get your middle out there and she gets to become a better volleyball player. I would prefer that those three touches go wrong as opposed to <laughs> her hitting her hitting quicks in spring practice and getting better at those because that's unfortunately her specialization and that's what's going to help indoor win. So yeah. there's a that, that's a that's a people don't like to look at the flip side cuz we're all sentimental about playing just like I was I mean I was a Karch Karai fan as well. And we're all a little sentimental about what Beach can do for our indoor team, but I've come to find out that because I've had to do both, and and the first two years I didn't have a Beach-only group, I had to have all the indoor players, no matter what position they were, play Beach-only. We have to play, 95% of the teams we have to play get to to practice indoor all spring. And, Uh, you know, it's, it's just... It's tough. I mean, it is really tough. It you would think that it translated perfectly, and maybe some coaches are better at it, um, but it's it it's not as one to one as we'd all like to think. Exactly. Now this leads to a good question. And the last question, you know, for today is, you know, if you were a young athlete, you know, on the other end from that perspective, and you know, you really like the game of beach, and now there's an opportunity. Um, and maybe their local club, you know, may or may not have a, some sort of beach program, you yeah. know, what would they do? Well, I think it's, I think it's, even though we've been doing it for four years, I still think it's in its infancy enough. And, and even for me, I get plenty of emails every day from kids who, I mean, even from the Minnesota or from above the Mason Dixon line, I guess, as we say in the <laughs> South, but um, who have very, very limited beach experience. Like they'll send me a video of them playing a co-ed tournament, you know, at on a grass court or something like that. And then they'll send me indoor footage of them jumping high and having a nice arm swing and passing real well, but they're only interested in possibly playing beach. And right now in its infancy, I think that's enough. Um, like I said, well, you know, once once now that the NC2A is is on board and and there might be some just there might be a rush for the bigger schools to come on board as well that those girls, the ones that don't have access to beach courts are going to have to be really special division 1 indoor ready athletes to be able just to say, you know, I can go and do it and learn on the fly starting in college, starting, you know, October 1st or whenever teams can get out there and start their their developmental season. But um, I think right now it's worth the shot for kids out there that are, are interested in beach. You know, there's still 50 schools that might have roster spots available, even for girls who don't play beach specific, even though there's some schools that are only taking those girls. Um, yeah. We're not one of them. But, I mean, we've got seven or eight crossover kids still, and we'll always have that. We'll never be able to field an entire beach separate program. But 
Um, and so for now, they're, you know, now's a great time to get in. In two years from now, you're going to have to be, I think, pretty special just to cross over from indoor and just start on the beach in college only. Interesting. So that's that's an interesting – I think it's fun to give people a little perspective on numbers is that you do have a little bit of a future you know, going forward, and you don't have to be great tomorrow. You know what I mean? That you can sort of you know, get your thinking in this direction. Because I think so many people, you know, look at it as still because it's 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 funny because adults play it like all over, you know what I mean? Right. But it just it, at the younger levels it's like oh we don't do that. Well why? Right. But you play when you get old, you know, <laughs> you know. It's funny right. To me. It's just yeah. Like, it's it's I mean that's and that's been indoor too, you know. For it's it's the same thing. It's it's sort of driven by. Unfortunately, I think it's the cynical part of me still think it's driven a little bit by money because these a lot of girls get convinced that they need lessons and they need constant coaching and things like that. And that runs contrary to what you and I grew up doing. And so as adults, you don't you don't seek out lessons. You don't seek out coaching because you just want to play. But kids and parents believe that they've got to narrow that focus all the way down to an hour's worth at 75 bucks an hour. And beach just doesn't, I mean, it, it's unfortunately going that way uh, yeah. that, that people are getting beach lessons for 75 bucks an hour and things like that. But it, it, I think that that flip just happens in adulthood where for now, at least that it just, it's a little bit looser. You're, it's easy to go out and enjoy it. But for parents, they want their kids to get a scholarship and they want everything, you know, sort of straightforward. And so it's really hard just to let four girls go out and play doubles because there's an opportunity to make money. People see that, see four girls playing and they think I'm going to tell all of them they need lessons and they need to get in this club. And then it's, it's just such an easy way to convince people to do it. It is an interesting discussion. Maybe at a future date to to bring out the idea of the love of the game and just playing versus yeah. a very structured approach, which I would actually argue, um, and as one that does give individual lessons, you know, and yeah. does do this, that somewhere along the line, it has to be blurred because there's so, so many people and I can tell you the number of times that people have called me up and said, I want my daughter to make the team, you know, in two weeks. And can you fix right. her? You know, <laughs> and you're like, well, um, try to give her some information, but my chances are pretty slim. And, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, and that's the thing it comes down to. And it really is, uh, I debate and fight with it all the time. And I try to tell them, the people I work with, I said, first of all, I hate that this relationship has money involved. And I'm going to try right. my best to make it deeper than that. Um, yeah. But it is something that I invest time and effort in. You know, and it really is right. a catch-22. Absolutely. So, but, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm glad that you admitted that out loud. That makes me respect you even more because a lot of people <laughs> don't do that. A lot well, of people are unwilling to do that. Yeah, and it, it's, it's such a um, – you know, and, and the thing that's interesting about it is that um, – and this is a, another sideline subject um, – but I have a son that um, uh, actually is playing college basketball, D3, uh, down in Indiana. Um, yeah. Was a very heady player. Uh, not the most athletic, but athletic enough. You know, didn't jump the yeah. highest, but jumped well enough. And 
he's down there playing college basketball and he's having a good time with it. And that's something that I don't think kids get enough perspective is, well, if I'm not the top 150 and I've had 42 different JO programs and I won the national championship seven times over that I'm not good enough. You know what I mean? Right. When there's a tremendous amount of players that could be really, really great players and enjoy the game for much longer than just be retiring at age 18. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Yeah. And it's funny because I always make fun of some of the athletes I work with. I says, are you retiring yet? You know, and they're like, well, I'm only 18. I said, well, essentially you are. You played for nine years. I think that's time for So, yeah, that that might but, be my that might be my coaching. Uh, it's on my coaching uh, headstone. Yeah, he tried hard for nine years and then he got fired. That might be my <laughs> thing too. I'll say retired. People that are everyone else will say fired. Yeah, it's a mutual agreement to quit. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, but um, anyways, any last thoughts? I know we've got a little bit over the time, but any last thoughts? Things that you would share with young people as far as to uh, understand? No, I think just the. I think to dovetail on exactly what you just said, that, that the the opportunities are only becoming more widespread. And um, like, I mean, the, my example is that our beach team, you know, we made it to the conference championship and, and I wasn't able to see one single kid play ahead of time. I haven't been to one beach tournament in my college coaching career and they all reached out to me. And they knew specifically that what they wanted academically, and you know that the, the oppor- they created the opportunity through perseverance, through some diligence by their parents, through a little bit of effort to get out here and visit this amazing place. And uh, I would I would say that to all girls that there's no reason not to reach out and try because my my beach team is a testament to exactly that and and. Um, so I would, I would advise everyone to make sure they reach out to the people that they're interested in because you just, you don't know. Cool. And where would people get a hold of you? Cause I, uh, I think that's important just to kind of put out there. If somebody does want to get a hold of your university uh, and yeah. yourself personally, where, where do they go? Yeah, they can go to our website. It's mercerbears.com and, uh, or they can go to our, our university website to, to check out just the, how amazing this place is, and that's mercer.edu. And they can get a hold of me at elder underscore dd at mercer.edu. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for the time. I look forward to the next conversation. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. 
No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.